when you or a loved one suddenly find yourself suffering a medical emergency, what do you do? On this episode, we'll talk to Johnson County Emergency Management and Communications about 911 and steps you can take to save a life. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County Government. It's probably a worst fear for many of us. You or someone you love or even someone you just happen to witness goes into cardiac arrest and it's a scary situation, but knowing you're in good hands can offer some much needed relief. Today we have with us Gail Wash. She's the Johnson County Emergency Management and Communications Quality Services Manager. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Teresa. All right. Well, first off, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, can you talk just a little bit about emergency services in Johnson County and the work that happens there at the 911 call center? Johnson County Emergency Management and Communication Center provides dispatch services for fire and EMS in this county, Johnson County, and we provide EMS services for Miami County. Last year, we managed 60,000 calls for service, and many of those cases require telephone CPR instructions. Okay, and I had the the good fortune of visiting the 911 call center. Gosh, it's probably like a year and a half ago now. I can't remember, but it's been a while. And I got to see you in action and, and your colleagues and uh, doing some very excellent work. And um, it seemed, you know, pretty intense, but you all are so nice and calm and, you know, no matter what the situation is that comes in there. So can you talk a little bit about, um, kind of the, the work that you guys do in, in terms of, you know, when somebody calls in. Anytime that you dial 911, you're going to reach a primary answering point, which is usually the police department. And if your situation involves a medical need or a fire need, they'll transfer the case to us. And what we do at that point is ask you a series of questions to gather more information about what's going on there. So we're sure to send the right amount of resources as quickly as we can. And then we'll provide some instructions for keeping you safe or taking care of your loved one or the person that's having the medical need. How quickly does that, that handoff happen? And in emergency situations, seconds really do seem like minutes, but it's our goal is to get the information that we need and get units dispatched in 90 seconds. We're, we're trying to get everyone out of the door as quickly as we can, and we try to have our units arrive on scene within seven minutes. And as you mentioned, uh, minutes really do matter, especially when you've got a medical emergency. Uh, can you talk about why that that time is so critical. When cases of cardiac arrest, every minute counts. So in, in 10 minutes can reduce your survivability. So that's why it's important for us to gather the information as quickly as we can and as accurately as we can and dispatch the units with that same type of speed so that we can try to save as many lives as we can. When people think of a 911 dispatch center, they, they might be thinking somebody's just sitting there on the phone and, um, you know, taking the call, gathering the information, but you all take a much more active role in, in terms of helping save lives. So can you talk about what that looks like and also the, the recent re recognition that you received um, pertaining to that? Well, we partnered with RQI, which is Resistability Improvement last 
August. And that was to increase our ability to provide high quality telephone CPR. And we are the first agency in Kansas to implement RQI. And on the 12th of this month, we received the Resuscitation Trailblazer Award, which just confirms our commitment to improving telephone CPR practices and increasing the rate of survival. And what exactly is telephone CPR? Telephone CPR are instructions, very simple instructions that our call takers relate to callers to perform CPR in those cases where CPR is necessary. Just to to put our listeners through kind of not the test, but to let them know what a simulation might look like. If if somebody near them, let's say, you know, you're at home, you're comfortable and relaxed, and then all of a sudden one of your loved ones starts showing signs of possible cardiac arrest. So first off, what are they looking for? At what point should they call 911? And then also, uh, what are the different steps in terms of what you tell them to do? as help is arriving. The first thing I want to make clear, I think you need an ambulance or the fire department, call 911. We we will sort out what your need actually is and get the resources sent to you. So I don't want anyone to waste any time thinking about the situation when you should or should not call 911. Call us, that's what we're here for. Now, in terms of out of hospital cardiac arrest, if the patient isn't breathing, if they're not awake, or if they're exhibiting any other signs that might lead to you thinking that they're not breathing or awake, call 911. We're going to gather some basic information from you, your location, um, whether or not you're with the patient. And then we're going to ask some more specific questions about the availability of an AED or defibrillator. And then we're going to go right into CPR instructions, which include getting the patient onto the floor or ground, flat on their back. And then we go into the instructions to provide compressions. And in certain cases, we provide instructions for mouth-to-mouth instruction as well as chest compressions. Luckily, I've gone through CPR training, um, I don't know how many years in a row, but many years. <laughs> and so, so I always feel like during the training, I'm fairly prepared, but I also worry that in the moment of crisis that I will forget all of those instructions. And um, so, so how do you kind of very calmly walk people through the step-by-step? And that's a very salient point, Teresa, because a lot of people have gone through CPR, and tr- but when you're faced with needing to perform compressions, sometimes you forget. And that's quite kind of coach, you, you may already be doing these things and then we'll provide the actual instruction. So if you are doing those things, awesome. If you're not, the instructions that we're providing serve as a good reminder. And another thing I always think about too is um, if, if I was doing compressions, do I need to worry about getting up and opening a door so, so medical professionals can get in quickly or, you know, are there, there are certain things that you can do um, that will help save time. Yes, the, the the most important thing that you can do is listen to and follow the instructions of the dispatcher. We there are so many moving parts in this that our call taker can see how close the unit is to arriving at the address, and we want to keep hands on chest, giving good compressions for as long as we can. So once our call taker realizes that the ambulance or the fire department is right outside, they'll provide the instruction to go 
unlock the door and come right back to the patient and continue compressions. And I know that CPR can look different when you're dealing with children and adults. So can you talk about those variations? Best thing to do in those cases is listen to the dispatcher, answer their questions as clearly and succinctly as possible so that we can provide the instructions that you need to help save a life. All right, good information. And can you also tell us a little bit about the the training that you all go through in order to, to do this very important work? The training program is extensive and the training is ongoing. As I said earlier, there's so many moving parts in this career session and our training division works really hard at covering all of those bases. So it just You'll through four weeks of when you initially start, you'll go through about a four week setting and then you'll move on to the operations floor. But once you're through that program, you'll continue to receive training, uh, updated standards, different policies and practices. So that that training is never ending. And that's why we are one of the best at the business, because we do a lot of training. I think that was one of the things that impressed me the most um, when I was visiting with with uh, the dispatchers there is, is just the extensive amount of training and preparation that you get. And I can't even imagine doing that work myself. I feel like I would be frazzled. But um, what kind of what kind of training do you have just to keep your composure and help people who are in a state of panic remain calm? Well, there are caller management techniques that we train on repetitive persistence um, and just really trying to connect with the caller. It's an emotional situation, right? But we need you to be calm so that you can focus on the questions that we're asking and the instructions that we're giving. So we do a lot of that with our tone of voice, with our word choice, with, like I said, repeating instructions or questions to try to get your attention using your name if we have that available. So there are many techniques that we use to try to bring the focus back to hand on chest. And obviously a very demanding job, but also a rewarding job. So can you talk about maybe some examples of where you've you've really felt like I'm suited for this work and, and I can feel proud of what I've done? I didn't know that I was suited for this work until I started here. But, and most people that work here have a genuine desire to help people, as cliche as that. Um, and it is rewarding because every day, every single day, you get the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. How awesome is that? You can say, hey, I helped that husband save his wife. I helped that mom save her baby. I helped that man uh, save his property. And there is no greater feeling than knowing that you've done everything that you possibly could to help someone and have the best outcome from that situation. Awesome. That does, that sounds tremendous. And the very worth the, the time, the effort, the training and all that goes into that, that occupation. Uh, this seems like it's a job that, you know, as we said, is, is very demanding. And I know the hours are a little bit different than traditional work hours too. Are, is this an occupation where you're always kind of looking for, for more people to, to enter? We are always looking for people that are interested in helping other people. So yes, please, 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 please. If you have any desire to be on the front end of what you eventually will see on the news 
or just have a genuine desire to help people in crisis, come on down, come see us. The position title is emergency communication specialist, and you can get to that jococov.org slash careers. Yeah, I know that there's um, always a need for, for these positions, and uh, I'm sure you guys are open to giving tours to, to let people kind of see what it looks like. And it can feel a little bit intimidating at first, uh, you know, when you hear a frantic call coming in, but but uh, knowing that you are well supported there, you're well trained. I think all of that gives gives that team confidence, but also gives gives the callers confidence. And I think that's something important to relate to our listeners that that they can feel good about calling nine one one and knowing they're going to get the help that they need. Exactly. Just like you said, just be prepared to be prepared to listen to the dispatcher so that you can answer their questions as clearly and quickly as you can and follow those instructions. All right. Well, that's great information and congratulations on the, the recognition that you all received. I'm, I'm sure that it is very well deserved and we appreciate you. We, we thank you for the, the work you're doing and thank you for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jococovorg forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.